Hey everyone! Welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you find your zone of genius. I am excited to share this week's guest with you because I love her energy and her passion for her work. My guest this week is Umpai Tamachek and she is the founder of the Glass Slipper Organization and the organization Step Above Stigma. Umpai is doing some really amazing work, and I want to dive right in and share this conversation with you. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Umpai Tamachek. My name is Umpai Tamachek. I am 24 years old, finishing my master's at Queen's University. My biggest passions um, are two nonprofits. One I founded in 2015, the other um, in 2017. In 2015, I co-founded the Glass Slipper Organization with four wonderful young women and one who I'm still working with, Stephanie Manuel. With the Glass Slipper Organization, what we do is we collect prom dresses from across Nova Scotia, and then we donate them all for free at these glamorous semi-annual shopping experiences to make sure that every student feels celebrated despite financial status. My second one is called Step Above Stigma and my team and I are trying to grow a network of mental health youth activists looking to educate um, around topics surrounding mental health and also just help eradicate the stigma and raise funds to eventually affect systemic change. I'm also a dancer. I used to dance professionally as a ballerina, and now I'm dancing, doing African Caribbean dance, and I used to be one of the co-captains of the African Caribbean dance team at Queen's University, but because of COVID, we haven't been able to do dancing lately, which makes me super sad. <laughs> um, I'm also really, really into cooking. I also play electric guitar and piano, and my I think the things that keep me happiest in life are definitely my family, my friends, and just knowing that I have a delicious meal to sit down with at the end of the day. <laughs> that is a great start, and I love that bit at the end that you shared. I completely agree with you. And so I am familiar with your story because of Haley Rogers, and she also works with you at Step Above Sigma. Shout out to Haley. Um, but I would love to know a little bit more about your background and how you got to this point of doing this advocacy work with your organizations. Can you just tell me some about that story? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been at it for quite a while now, I'd say. Um, but prior to that, I had a lot of experiences, both with my family and on my own, that involved a lot of different abuse, um, a lot of financial struggles, living under the poverty line for quite a bit of my high school, um, really struggling with my self-esteem, um, depression, anxiety. And I also recently got diagnosed with PTSD, but I didn't know that that was what I was struggling with all those years. And that as well with helping a lot of my family and my friends through um, many similar struggles, but without adequate supports outside of our families and not even with adequate terminology or education to handle what we were working on at the time. Um, and so after going through a lot of those different struggles and sort of seeing the ins and outs, especially what it takes to 
traverse those issues with little support um, and education, I felt as though there was a gigantic gap and a gigantic need for just more supports, um, more community and more education. So after all of that in 2017, it became also super apparent that I had so many friends that really cared about the same exact issues. And so it just started as a small fundraiser because I wanted to just raise a few funds. And I've always really been into fashion and I have a little bit of a creative spark for different things. So it just started as a quick fundraiser and then it turned into a full-blown charity after a couple of months because it just kept adding on. People were like, oh, let's try this, try this, try this. And then because of the team that I had early on and the team that is just continually built into one of the best groups I've ever been a part of, we're now, we've had 724 volunteers over the years and we're continuing to build across Canada. That's amazing that you've managed to get so many people involved in the Glass Slipper organization. And I'm sure it's going to keep growing just because I think it's a great way to be inclusive and eco-friendly and it's a great way to connect communities. I think I think it's awesome. So I would love to know more about the Step Above Stigma. Can you share some about what you're working on now with the organization and maybe where you're hoping to take it in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, again, I definitely want to say that my teams are absolutely outstanding and they've led the charge. There's been a lot of times in my leadership journey where I've had to take a step back because I was struggling a lot with different health issues and things like that. So my teams are just absolutely everything. And so our goal is not only to, you know, eradicate the stigma um, and educate, but it's also to build mental health leaders within our community that all have unique vantage points. But one thing that we really try to do, and one thing that we're working on, we're working on a number of initiatives that um, attack these issues from an intersectional perspective, because I find a big issue with mental health right now is that we talk about the general problems, but we don't talk about, for example, trans youth mental health enough. We don't talk about black student mental health enough. We don't discuss these issues to the level that they need to be discussed with because otherwise it's not going to resonate with the people that it needs to resonate with. So for example, right now I'm using my master's thesis to tie into our nonprofit work. So I have interviewed 50 black students at Queens University to talk about barriers that they face when trying to get mental health care and then try to make some new policies and um, initiatives to really advocate or new changes in that space. Um, in the future, what I really, really hope for is to eventually have a, a headquarters and then build out from there. So have branches at every university across Canada and then have a cute little headquarters where we send out merchandise to each of the branches and just have a little bit of a, a base to grow from there. But the goal with the branches is to really tailor the mental health service to every community because every community is really different and I think it's just really important to make sure that we have advocates in a lot of different locations. I'm so glad that you're doing this work and that you're growing your organization because I love how you mentioned the unique needs of every community and I think that's so important with this issue so thank you so much for explaining that. When it comes to destigmatizing mental health topics, do you think Gen Z is starting to make a change in that direction? Have you seen some changes throughout the time that you've been doing this work? Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Such a good, such a good question. I often talk with my friends about this because at my university, even in the last 
five or six years, I've really seen a dramatic shift. And so I have so much hope for, for the future and how things will continue to accelerate. I think to answer this question, I have to look at it from a grassroots perspective, but then later from a systemic perspective. So from the grassroots perspective, I think that people are talking about it more. People are normalizing, actually expressing how they feel when people ask if you're okay. Nowadays, I have a lot of friends and I've seen a lot of people both online and in person really being much more open and more vulnerable with how they feel. And I think we're able to do this now because we've created a bit more of a community of comfortability when it comes to just being okay with not having that facade of always being on your game or always having this perfect veneer that no one fits into. Um, and that gives me so much hope because I think a really long time ago, especially when it comes to groups that are historically supposed to be very stoic, for example, men are often taught, especially that they can't be vulnerable and express themselves and show any kind of negative emotion that might make them seem less strong. But I've really seen a big, big, big shift and a lot of different initiatives popping up. So it makes me really happy. Um, Systemically, I do think we're making change, but unfortunately, money is the biggest issue when it comes to getting making change at the national level, for example. And I think a lot of it is just the political will to put the money that we have and shift these resources into changing the system, because I don't think until mental health care is accessible just as easily as physical health care that we're going to have the change that we need. And I think that starts in Ottawa. And then it's going to take collaboration from all the provinces to really get that together. I love that you've been able to notice that progress being made. And thank you for explaining that. I would also love to know if you could share one piece of information or one piece of advice or just one point about your work with as many people as possible. Imagine that you're on a stage and they're all out there. What is one thing that you wish you could share with everyone? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I have a few, a few things off the top of my head, but the biggest thing that I've been really volleying back and forth and something that I've been trying to implement in my own life as much as possible is that I think one of the biggest, best and most important things we can do as individuals, whether you see yourself in a leadership position or not, whether you see yourself as an advocate or not, is to ensure that other people feel seen and heard. I think that when you're able to make people feel seen and heard, it makes all of the difference in the world, especially when it comes to peer support, but also just when it comes to everyday interactions. And I think that if we're actually able to actively listen and actively engage as much as possible, then that's when we're able to make real change, both when it comes to professional work, but even when it comes to just interacting with people on a daily basis, whether that's someone very close to you or someone not so close. I think if you're able to really just focus on ensuring that they feel seen, and making sure they feel heard, everyone's going to leave better than they went in. I really like that idea about making people feel seen and heard. I think that's such important advice to keep in mind. I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more advice now. Lots of young people, particularly college students, high school students, want to create change, but they may not know how to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So this comes from one of my biggest idols, um, Elaine Welteroth, who was 
um, a female entrepreneur of color. And she also used to work for Vogue. And I just think she's one of the, the coolest people out there. But the biggest advice I can give is that not everybody is going to be helping or engaging in the same way. So I think, and this is what she says, it's, it's so important to find your zone of genius is what she calls it. And your zone of genius has to overlap with what are you good at and what do you love? And when you find that zone of genius, then you'll be able to really think about what the most effective ways for you to help and for you to engage will be. And so that could be, you know, starting up your own organization, or that could be graphic design, that could be writing songs, that could be making art, or that could even just be supporting people and trying to more actively engage people around you closely on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think if you're able to really do that, then you'll be able to think about how best and how most, what the most effective way is for you to get involved. And then when you're able to do that, I think you're going to really be able to make change. I really enjoyed talking with Umpai, and I think she shared so many great pieces of advice throughout our conversation, but I want to highlight two of her points. The first was that we should all try to ensure that other people feel seen and heard. I think this is great advice to take into your daily life, and especially when you're having conversations, because I think if you try to make sure people feel seen and heard, you are respecting them and their opinions, and that's so important. I think the second point I want to highlight was Umpai's last piece of advice about finding your zone of genius. I think this applies in so many different areas of life, so I love it. For me, I think about advocacy and activism work, of course, and how some people may be leading a march, others may be raising awareness on social media, others may be fundraising, the list goes on, there are plenty of roles. I also thought, though, how this applies to pretty much every team. Everyone has a role in which they try to feel the most comfortable and the role that suits their talents the best. And it's a leader's role to try to figure out what that zone is for each teammate and then how they can use it to benefit everyone. Umpai is really living by her own advice and she is leading two successful organizations with those values. I think we can all take her words of wisdom to heart because change comes when you find your zone of genius. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can connect with Umpai on Instagram at umpaimelody to get connected with her. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.